Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. We're making an ad. Napping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm -hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. (laughs) So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad! That's the ad. That's the ad. What happens when it's 1991 and they decide it's a really good idea to do a 3D fight sequence in the middle of a fucking movie? We're about to find out when we discuss Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Just fade it out here. That's fine. <laughs> it's a really long song. Yeah. All right, guys. So we are doing the second episode of Horror Movie Night live here from the Brickwall Tavern in Burlington, New Jersey. We are two of the three hosts of the Horror Movie Night podcast. My name is Matt. I'm Scott. And we are going to be joined by two guests on this episode discussing the impossibly bad Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare. Uh, we're going to be joined by a local comic that we're going to bring up. He is a friend of mine named Eddie Gallagher. Eddie, come on up. Yeah. And we are going to also be joined by the mysterious, the dark, and the sinister, the hip-hop slash horror movie host that goes by the name The Bone Pounder. The Bone Pounder. Giggity. All right, Bone Pounder. Hello, Eddie. Hello. How are you? Good evening, boils and ghouls. Should I just call you Bone the whole time? <laughs> Mr. Pounder, please. It's Mr. Pounder. <laughs> That's Only what if Mrs. You're nasty. Pounder calls me. <laughs> Mr. Pounder, if you're nasty. Um, all right, so Freddy's dead. Oh, my God, what I, a train wreck. I, so, so this is like simultaneously one of the best and one of the worst uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Like, Wait, wait, I think you have to qualify that. Yeah. Um, so there's like some really good moments in this movie, and it is surrounded by some. The really end bad. of it. <laughs> like, yeah, the last like thirty you mean minutes. When, it, when it's over. Yeah. Uh, so, I, my first note says, second best song in a Freddy movie. Props to the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> That's my first note too. I mean, not verbatim, but pretty close. That's why we're best friends. Yeah. Um, so, according to uh, myth, so this movie starts off with. Actually, a really cool dream sequence, if you guys have ever seen the movie. It starts off with this, like, this dude's on a plane, 
and all of a sudden, like, he's talking to this lady, and he's like, I, I really would like to switch seats with you. And she's, she's like, like, stop being a pussy. <laughs> yeah, she's like, leave me alone, creep. And uh, But wait, when she gets pulled out of the plane, she goes, whoa! <laughs> like, so, she gets, part of the movie. so she gets sucked out of the plane. According to, like, a bunch of different people, that was supposed to be played by Divine. From, that would have been amazing. <gasps> but Oh, my God. But I think that they're making that up because Divine had been dead for, like, three years by the time they started making this movie. <laughs> I don't Wait, see how that matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would have been better if they dug her up and put her in the yeah, chair. Just put her corpse sitting there. <laughs> I would have paid double to see that. <laughs> you already broke anyway, so I'm <laughs> it would have been zero dollars. Uh, but yeah, the the uh, the opening dream sequence is really cool in this movie. I yeah, think. it's it's really solid. It, it kind of reminds me of the dream sequence. Is that in part two with the um, the school bus that's like on the the spikes? Yes, that's part two. Pretty solid. If so, Freddy's driving the school bus, you know it's a bad film. Yeah, which both of these movies, he drives the school bus. No this, wonder that's the this in part two. They're yeah. two of the worst ones. Um, no, I, no, 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 no. Two of. Uh, we've, we've well, the worst one two. is Dream the Dream Child is unwatchable. Yes, yes. But uh, for anybody that doesn't listen to our podcast, a couple months ago, maybe a month ago, we did uh, Freddy's Revenge, Freddy Two, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Two, and um, it does have its moments if you see it through a very specific yeah, lens, a very specific, lens. a very rose pink colored lens actually a pink, yes a pink a rainbow bondage. colored a rainbow colored lens rainbow colored lens <laughs> with some bondage on the side yes that is uh, that is part two that's um, how I view everything <laughs> <laughs> so so the thing with the dream sequence in this movie is that they're kind of the only ones that actually feel like they work in the way that dreams do work where things just kind of like happen and you're just no like in different places yeah. and like you just are like oh, okay I'm in my bed now that's normal and like you just yeah. keep going about your day but it's just so wacky like it's like he's he, a little bit of a caricature. He is a car, he is a Looney Tunes cartoon in this okay. movie. He actually he, no, but he turns Breckenmeyer into one later on too, so yeah. it, it fits. <laughs> he pushes spikes out like Bugs Bunny at one point in this movie. Like this, this movie is not taking itself seriously for one second, <laughs> but we're going to take it seriously for the next but forty-five the thing minutes. Is, th- I think that that's not true. I think that there actually are parts where it takes itself seriously. Like it, it, it's way too serious with like um the the demon worms that, that fly around oh. that are CGI. Oh, you mean you mean. When uh, the one guy goes, oh, do you see this little exposition poster that I have on my wall? <laughs> and he's like, the thing is, is that I, I don't know how, how, how in-depth you guys watch your horror movies, but the guy, the, the guy is talking to his, like, psychologist friend, and he's like, check out my new print on the wall. I bought it for $3 <laughs> at Amazon, on Amazon.com. I went to Barnes Noble, guys, and I picked up this sweet poster. Let's talk about it for five like, yeah, freaking minutes. I went, I went to Barnes Noble. They wanted ten. I said, "Fuck that." Let me check Amazon for prices. I've got the I've got the check. Prime with the free shipping. He showed up in two days. Let's talk about it now. Eddie, you're not really a horror movie fan, as far as I recall. So I am is- a horror movie fan, but. But I this like isn't a horror good movie. Horror movie. <laughs> Actually, I thought I had watched this before, and I watched it today again, and I didn't see it before. So I really want you guys to buy me at least three beers to make up for that lost time that I could have been spending with my children. Uh, yeah, it was a complete. You didn't, piece wait, of you shit. didn't watch. This, you didn't watch this with your kids. No, I mean I wanted to. This but is a bonding film. It is, uh, ladies. He's, Matt Kelly is single. <laughs> he's only eleven months old. I was. I was kind of afraid it might scare him. So. So uh, I like that we are introduced to our main characters, which are video game kid, deaf guy, and boxer girl. (laughs) (laughs) They are walking caricatures of themselves. Well, you forgot to mention in the very opening scene that he fell down a hill for like three minutes, which is probably 
the second best falling down the hill next to Princess Bride. Ah, uh, yes. And, <laughs> and, and, and third to Kung Pao, <laughs> Hidden Fist. As that guy's falling down the, the, the hill in this movie, he's like, hey, it was you. Jesus Christ. I was thinking Ready? that the whole time. You can just imagine the director saying, fall more. No, fall more. <laughs> You're not falling enough. It's like, fall, fall like you mean it. Yes. <laughs> fall like you love it. I was going to say, like, the movie Hot Rod did that fall, but it was, like, supposed to be absurdly long. This was, like, ridiculous. And Breckenmeyer, I just want to point out, is wearing the most 90s shirt that has ever existed. He's in actually history. wearing the exact same outfit with the exact same hair and the exact same stoner attitude as he is in pretty much every movie he did in the 90s, <laughs> starting with Clueless. Um, seriously, he, I just want him to be like Marvin the Martian, man. Like That's, like, that's his character in this movie. He's, like, he's about yeah. to jump out a window for being tardy. Yeah, that would have made so much sense because like the main character gets thrown out a window when he's in the, the house. Don't worry. I'm loud enough. Right? <laughs> I just like touching phallic things. We know. <laughs> well, and somebody's got their hand on my thigh. No, not me. Never. Um, Bone pounder it is. This, this movie's oh. packed with insane cameos. Like, the most insane cameos. But they're worthless yeah. because they're about 20 seconds apiece. Oh, yeah. How much do you think Johnny Depp got paid to come back for this stupid movie? Not a lot. That's where he started, right? Isn't this like uh, the movie? If this that wasn't he started a favor, in? I would be surprised. <laughs> it's also the movie he most regrets. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe at the time, but he's done some awful shit like um But not the one he should regret most, but the one he does. Alright. Huh. Interesting. I, I don't mean. know. Tom Arnold kinda looked like he uh, just got done having a stroke, which I feel he probably looked like the entire time he was with Roseanne, so I'd understand. <laughs> yeah, that was like Tom Arnold's look for most of the night. Yeah, I was about to say, like, if you're married to Roseanne, the only thing you're getting is a stroke. <laughs> So Roseanne does this weird thing when he starts screaming at her where her body just goes like completely limp and she's like... <laughs> like That's really good for the listeners, by yeah, the way. Oh, that was great Matt for the listeners. Matt turned into a uh, uh, fish on land for a moment She was thinking there. about making babies with Dan Connor. <laughs> <laughs> so like, but that movie... So I will say like, there are elements in this movie that I really like. And like the idea of like the town with no children... Is, is awesome. Is, is awesome. awesome. And like yeah. the, the crazy like carousel and everyone being completely out of their mind is great. So here's a quick question, and I've seen this movie like five, six times, like more times than I should have seen, but do you guys think that that town exists outside of reality, or is that town actually, is it, like everybody is kind of like... you think they're in a collective hive dream at all times? I don't know, or Freddy has somehow put them in a separate reality because if all the kids originally got killed... Uh, in the 60s, late 60s, right? Is yeah. when, when Springwood was, all the, all the kid deaths happened, apparently. Yeah. Um, that would mean that Tom Arnold, Roseanne Barr, and all the people at that town no one fair, moved. no one grew old. Everybody's wearing 60s, like, late 60s clothes. So I don't know if that's a dream or, I mean, like, when they go to Springfield, Springwood, I can't quite tell if it's, like, a dream or if it's an alternate It can't reality. be a dream. Roseanne Barr would never be in anybody's dream. <laughs> Well, no, I would say, so So I think you're wrong with the timeline, because if the first Nightmare on Elm Street came out in 84... 84. No, so, this makes sense, So though, late because 60s, early 70s. If she 70s. was 70, no, if she was 17, if, if uh, Nancy is 17 in 84, that would mean 68, right? Yeah. Because it goes 84 to 74 is 10, and another 7 yeah. is... Up until the kid murder. So the kid murders happened in the 70s. No, the kid murders would have been late 60s, because the parents, before they had kids would have killed Jason or Freddy and then when they had kids and he came back as a ghost to haunt them would have been after those kids were born because those kids he was killing everybody in everybody's kid in Springwood okay so like that's in my mind it would have been 68 
when I'm and, and there's a, a board that that one guy because everybody's caught in a time loop. Absolutely, everybody's caught in a time loop because that guy in the school is writing on the chalkboard the same thing all yeah. over the time. And, and I'm pretty sure he's been doing that for like 20 plus years. But I think you're also forgetting like even if this was 68. So let's say it's 68. The movie is from 1991. So the time difference is only like 20 years. Well, the so movie if they were like 30, place, they would no, be 50. No, no, no. They, the, but you got to keep in mind that Nancy was 17 in 84 when the first movie came out. So that's where you're setting your bar. You're not setting your bar 20 years before 1991. You're setting your bar 17 years before because they're juniors or seniors in high school in their original Nightmare on Elm Street. So you're setting the bar back to 68. I honestly think that. The movie takes place in this. 1999. Yeah. As you oh, recall, that's right. it that's, be- that's, the beginning oh scroll God. is 10 years in the future. You're yeah. absolutely right. I'm From so sorry. From the end of the last film. Yeah. So I instead forgot. of 2001, it is true. 1999. Yeah, no, no. It took you two years to make Damn, this he movie, just which is the absurd. <laughs> Son and of it, a bit. I read it on IMDb, too. I just <laughs> forgot. I and it's also note, so. an alternate sci-fi universe, because if you look at what this history teacher is writing... The Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombings failed on his timeline. <laughs> oh my god, this is Flashpoint with Freddy. Oh my god. Wow. Seriously. Think about that. Flashpoint Freddy's the name he goes by on Friday nights at the strip club. <laughs> I'd toss him a dollar or two. <laughs> and that sexy, like, skin tone g-string or whatever you might have so we, we got way off track here i want to say one thing though um rachel Talaley is the name of the the uh director of this it was her directorial debut and she, she almost worked... immediately did tank girl after this yeah which makes a lot of sense it's a ton of sense and she worked on all john waters movies leading up to this point so yeah. the whole movie does feel like john waters presents freddy krueger yeah it's yeah. got a very weird color scheme to it it's very br- it's the brightest nightmare on Elm Street i think it's movie. also because they're going back to 68 for springwood that like makes sense when, too. When when Freddy is actually, and that is absolutely one of my favorite parts of the entire series. Like this movie has this is, this series has what nine movies in it now? Yeah. And I think that when you get to see Freddy actually killing kids as Fred Krueger, it's just awesome. It's like such a cool concept. It's just really poorly executed here. It's super poorly executed. So there's a scene where they can't get out of the town. The map says we're fucked. <laughs> That so it's more fucked up that they had the girl driving first. Yeah. <laughs> so they can't they can't get out of town. <laughs> and there's this point where, keep in mind, our main characters are all runaways. They are about to squat in the house. They're like, what, there's no plumbing? <laughs> like, and then, yeah, they're complaining about this house the entire time. Also, how do you they live not... on the street? <laughs> like yeah. the bed's a bit dusty. <laughs> oh, I might you as well go sleep in the gutter. Like, uh, also, how do they know how to drive? <laughs> I mean, they're not. Video games. Yeah, video games. They play Grand right, Theft Auto. It's 1999. That would have been a thing. Alternate timeline, 1999. <laughs> where, okay, so Japan must be technologically advanced if they didn't get uh, bomb Double shots nukes, on them. Yeah. So, so we got, we have like at least PlayStation 1 in 1990. <laughs> oh, no. PlayStation 1 was already yeah, out. Yeah, we're up to like the 4 in 1999. Wouldn't it be Dreamcast? Because that'd be weird with like a oh Dream. Oh, my God. Oh. Alternate timeline Dreamcast 4 or something like that. Like, that is the alternate timeline where Dreamcast won out. So, 30 minutes in this movie, we get our first death. It's a <laughs> because we only have four kids to kill, by the way. <laughs> only three of them even die. Right. Well, we got three, girl, three kids to kill and one obvious survivor girl. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. The one survivor girl isn't the survivor girl. 
it's because it's Freddy's daughter. Oh my god! Yeah. There's crazy. too many people that live in this movie. There's way too many like survivors at the end of this. Yeah, movie. It, Freddy it, never touches a single one of them. Yeah. He doesn't use his glove. He doesn't lay a hand on them. They're all killed by proxy. He's killed by his glove more in this movie. Yes. <laughs> Twice. Twice. Uh, so I will say that the Carlos death is, is awesome. one of the most mean-spirited deaths that I think I've ever it's seen long. in a Freddy movie. It's so long. It's like six minutes long. It's a super long death for Freddy. Like, Freddy deaths are like two minutes tops. Yeah, and this one is like ten minutes. Yeah, it and it's ten so minutes, long. and he's like... Like, because you think about the fact this dude is deaf... And now he's giving him back his hearing just to immediately take it away from him. And it's like the cruelest shit ever. Yeah, but also I love the fact I mean, they, you're not wrong that there are so many small, sweet ass pieces to this movie. Like when they take off his hearing aid, they turn the sound off in the yeah. movie. There's you can't hear anything either because it's from his point of view, which is really cool. It would have made me like it if Carlos was like the survivor guy because a lot of these movies eventually have like survivor girl, survivor guy. Yeah. So, I mean, so they can be together and deal with the trauma somehow. I mean, that makes sense, I guess. But, but like, Carlos is so much more likable than, what's his face that doesn't, isn't there The some... guy with the poster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, name, name citation needed. Like, I don't remember his name. Uh, Everyman, I think is his last name. Yeah, every, John Everyman. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I, I have a note right here where it just says, I'm not going to say, I'm just going to say it. I'm not sure why people hate this movie. Like, But I don't like it. I don't like this movie. Do you like this movie? Do you, you guys like this movie? Absolutely not. And I had to watch it three times to prepare for this. So <laughs> thanks for that. That's on you, all right? Like, yeah, that's that not was, our fault. That was your decision, not it, mine. I watched this movie three quarters of one full time for this <laughs> podcast. I watched it. I watched it from minute zero to minute 120 or whatever it was. Yeah, you, but ride, you ride I, that fast I, forward. I, I mean, I ride that fast forward like... So hard. These la- this movie and, and uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, there's in the middle, just like, God damn it, I'm really not having a good time. There is nothing greater than when you can put subtitles on a movie and fast forward enough that you can still read the subtitles at the bottom. So you're it's like, always got 2X. It. It's not, you can't do 4X. It's always the 2X. So it's like, you're, you can get through it in 40 minutes, but like, it's still 40 minutes. You're like, man, we're watching the clock. All right, so question. Uh, so I've never done drugs, but I need to ask. It, has there ever been a point where you've done so many drugs that you cannot be woken up by anybody? Because <laughs> that is definitely a line where like he's too wasted to wake up, <laughs> especially with weed. Like, like, I mean, I don't know about hard drugs, but I'm pretty sure nobody's in a weed coma. Like, but I will qualify that with if there's one person that I've ever seen in a movie that could be in a weed coma, it's Breckin Meyer in the early '90s. Like that dude, <laughs> he's method acting, just like pounds of weed for this movie. <laughs> They paid him in weed, actually. So there's a scene in this movie that is super cool and makes zero sense, which is when he's like, knock me out. I'm going to save him in the dream. And she hits him with a, with a piece of wood, and he falls into a table and then vanishes. And there's well, that's, no- what, that's what makes me think that Springwood is, like, outside of reality. So wait, so they intercepted a dream within a dream? I don't know. I mean, this could be... There was a Louis Armstrong this like, song about that. Is this the Chris Nolan <laughs> Freddy movie? Like, I... We're well, continuing kind of... the waking dream from the dream child. Yes. Yeah, we're oh in god. the dream Let's child. Not talk about oh that my movie. god. Well, well, John Doe was originally supposed to be Jacob yeah, it was from the dream the... child. Yeah, that was so the original plan. They carried over a lot of that a lot of those thoughts, but since they cut that out, it makes no effing sense. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> There's a lot of like dream reality issues, which I guess that would explain if we think about it from that because like people are awake 
but they can see like a hole to hell in the floor, which is like really weird. Like that shouldn't be the case. Is, is that not normal? <laughs> I mean, I haven't been to your studio lightly. slash lair yet. That, but. that is related to your question about drugs, by the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's like <laughs> the Breckenmeyer death does not hold up nearly as well as the Carlos death. No, not at all. The Breckenmeyer death is quite possibly the most cringy death in any of the Freddy movies. But they got that sweet use of in the Gata de Vida. No. That, movie was, that, that song was so played out by 1991 that I can't believe that they even put it in this film. Like, there's so many other... Is that like, okay, this is the typical weed guy song. It should be Pink Floyd. Like, come on. Yeah, there's definitely better options than Indigata Devita. No. I get the feeling that the uh, producers making this film didn't give a shit. <laughs> No, they, they were in it for a paycheck, and so was Robert England because he had a blast making this movie. He took nothing seriously. I think he, like, came on, one-taked every single yeah. scene. It's like, he was the one directing his scenes. Like, he's, like, the one who's just, like, he's like I'm hey, playing guys. with power. Yeah, I, I, Fuck I, it, roll. <laughs> we can't like, get a real power glove? Just make me a fake yeah. one. He's, like, the little kid in uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure who's, like, I'm ready! <laughs> At some point, somewhere on a cutting room floor, there's footage of Robert England when he meets the black scientist saying, What's up, Doc? (laughs) There definitely has to be. His name is Doc, after all. (laughs) That guy is worthless, too. Like, uh, for all of... He's worthless in this movie. I do want to congratulate him, though, because he is probably the first black guy to make it through a horror film without dying. (laughs) Round Uh, of applause. Do do any other black dudes live through any... Nightmare um, 3. Kincaid. You're right. Okay, so they set a precedent like yeah, 10 Nightmare years Nightmare is the one where you can survive. Six years you have the potential to survive. But he did get killed years before yeah. in The Running Man. And he gets killed immediately so. in the next movie. <laughs> yes. there's, there's a great quote from that actor who was like, I think they cast me in Nightmare 4 because they were like, shit, we let the black guy live. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get him taken care of right away in the next one. Um, Wait, so I have a question about the chalkboard death. Carlos's chalkboard death, which is super awesome. Yes, like that, back that, to Carlos. Is, is that the very first time in this series that they actually did the nails on a chalkboard kill? I think so. You think with a nail finger glove, that would be a decision you would have done way earlier. Well, they than do that. The, they do it in the first one where he's like rubbing it against the um, against the like the the, poles the gratings and, the and stuff, stuff. Yeah. when when Nancy's in her dream in the in English class. Yeah, but I I, I honestly can't think of another time where they did that and it seems so weird that they would take until the six, six, sixth yeah. movie they didn't want to be hacky too quick it's yeah. the same thing with comedy we're talking about Freddy man like this is the hackiest <laughs> but they shit ever the best for last that was the tagline was it not <laughs> yeah they did a funeral for Freddy for the premiere of this movie which I think is awesome I no would have gone to that I was I was nine years old I would have loved to have gone to the Freddy funeral <laughs> so this is when we uh, we we get a ten minute Freddy history lesson featuring Alice Cooper that was super weird that Alice Cooper was in this, and um, I actually have a note saying that uh, I had enough Alice Cooper, um, oh man, that, that Alice Cooper, what was the cameo, that we, we did a, didn't we do one, oh, no, I was thinking Gene Simmons, shit, <laughs> uh, we did Trick or Treat 87, and I was like, I don't ever need to see Gene Simmons in a horror movie again. Yeah, Gene and Simmons can, and Ozzy in that movie. Yeah, and they, were, they, were, they were on the front cover of the original VHS, They're and they were literally in the movie, combined. like, together, yeah, yeah. like, uh, two minutes total. Um, the Alice Cooper went on the record by saying that he agreed to do the cameo because he figured people were going to blame him for the birth of Freddy anyway, so he might as well just play Freddy's father, which, good for him. <laughs> yeah, I, guess, I mean, I will give Alice, I don't particularly like Alice Cooper's, like, music, but I have to give him props for being very self-aware. Yeah, 
So they did this weird 3D glasses. Oh my thing god! That, like I don't know. I, I we saw we met someone today at Monster Mania who told us that they saw this movie live in theaters. And they did the 3D glasses thing, and I was like, "How was it?" And he goes, "Fucking awful." <laughs> yeah, we were like, we were expecting this dude who was like probably 18, let's say 18 in 1991, watching this movie, being so stoked for like Freddy's Dead, puts on the 3D glasses, like, man, what a waste of like probably three dollars to go to the movie theater back then. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come, baby, come, and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. We're making an ad. Napping ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. So, while we're talking about Monster Mania, side, quick side note from Freddy's Dead. So, we have at our booth, we had a video that's just playing on a constant loop, and it's like clips from our episodes. <clears throat> and we had a clip from Tusk playing, and this guy's staring at the TV, and I'm like, oh, what are you looking at? And he goes, oh, Tusk is on there. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, that movie's fucking awful. And he goes, my daughter was in it. I said, it was, she was good. <laughs> He's like, well, but then that guy immediately like was like, oh, she worked on the... Uh, she the, built this walrus suit. Yeah, she worked then, on... <laughs> but he was like, no, it's a bad movie. We're fine with saying that in our households. Like, yeah, but, but, but he found his daughter, got her to come over and talk to us. We did a short interview with her, and like we had nothing but good things to say yeah, about the costume. Because, we're like, going to probably put out a bonus episode where we just talked to her for like 10 minutes about what it was like to work on Tusk. But uh, that was just, I, it was, I've never wanted ketchup for my foot more in my entire life than when I was just like, oh yeah, that movie's shit. And he's like, I, my daughter's a part of that. I'm like, okay, sorry, I'll just go away now. <laughs> we were stuck because there were so many people at Monster Mania. It's not like we really could like get away. We were stuck in our booth because like it was wall to wall people. Yeah, there so, was a lot of people. It was a fun time. Uh, you get to go away. I get to do it one more day. But uh so also, as far as Nightmare on Elm Street is is concerned, it was really awesome that part of the montage that you put together was the play playthrough of the Nightmare on Elm Street NES game um, because I've done a, a metal cover of the music from that game and that mesmerized people young and old. Yeah, oh, there, was long. It's there was a child that I think every time he saw that there was a video game on the screen was just like, I'm just gonna watch this now. Yeah, yeah. Dad, Mom, you go. And we roped in so many people. Yeah, like we, we, we handed out so many business cards, so many handbills for tonight, like strictly due to the fact that we had Nintendo playing. 
Like, next year, we're going to do Monster Mania again. I'm going to bring my Nintendo and my copy of Nightmare on Elm Street, and, and I'm going to let, let people, people play. play it. Like, I'm, I'm actually not going to interact with anybody because I'm going to try and beat the game at Monster Mania. It's really hard. Like, it is a hard game. I'll probably bring... You know what? I'm actually going to study it. I'm going to get good at it. I'm going to beat it in front of people. Oh, wait, that sounds really bad. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to beat the game in front of the people. And they're going to be like, holy shit, your podcast must be awesome if you're this good at this game. So it might be hard to beat Freddy in that game, but it's certainly not hard to beat Freddy in Freddy's Dead. Because all you have to do is pull him out of the dream and stab him with his own claws. And stick a it, piece of dynamite in him, like, again, like some where sort of Where do they Roger find that piece of fucking dynamite? And he explodes, and there's this weird effect where it's like a floating, screaming head, and then another Freddy head comes out of its mouth. Yeah, it's like, rah, 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 and then the demons are like, well, yeah, back well, to the drawing board. Yeah, right. <laughs> wah, 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 like, it's so slastic and terrible. Yeah, they're like, well, that worked for 20 minutes, That was the years. second part of the movie that was like Looney Tunes. The first part was uh, John dying like Wiley e. Coyote, like falling off a cliff. <laughs> Come on, under like a thing of spikes. One, he would have died on impact. How the fuck did he talk? And two, uh, you just take a stick of dynamite and stick it into Freddy's chest. It's very Looney Tunes. The only thing that would have been better is if they stuck the stick of dynamite in his mouth and he held up a little sign that said help. (laughs) And then, and then drop an anvil on him. Yeah, that's how I blew up my G.I. Joe men back in the 90s. They they came so close to that. He he mugged to the camera, kids. He shrugged at the camera before he blew up. But yeah. then we get the best ending to any Nightmare on Elm Street movie, which is just a montage of every yes. single dream sequence in the film history. And it is amazing. It's I just would like watch a walk that. Down. It's like going to a high school reunion, but everybody there is people you want to see. I, you know, I, I want to say one thing, two things. One thing, um, Matt, high school reunions suck. So I've never yeah, been to one. I'm just obviously, assuming. Obviously, uh, you Facebook is depressing enough. You my, don't need to do it in real life. My invitation always gets lost in the mail. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> it sucks because he was, you know, like treasurer. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, also... I think you like, meant treasured. I was treasured. <laughs> we know that's not true. Uh, but the, the montage is not good. Like, it, it takes all the fun out of the montage, like the possibility of a montage. And it's just like, it's, it's, it takes everything out of the, the context and it's, I was bored watching it. So do you want to hear what Adam thought about this movie? I would love to hear what okay. Adam thought about it. He's probably so, going to shit all over it. So again, uh, so our co-host Adam's up in Canada. He's unable to make it down here tonight, but he wanted to send us his review of the movie. Uh, he says... He's not coming because the strip clubs are better up there. Probably. His review says, Freddy's dead in irony, ev- uh, and the irony every second of this movie drips with irony. The acting is ironically bad. The jokes are ironically unfunny. The kills are ironically stupid, and the plot twist is ironically di- ridiculous. The only reason to watch this movie is ironically with your ironic friends dressed in your ironic t-shirts, drinking ironic Pabst Blue Ribbon in your house, with your ironic Jim Morrison shirtless poster that you bought at a flea market that you only went to to be ironic. So let me add some sincerity into this evening. I unironically wish that this movie was the personification of a human being so I could fill its shoes with concrete, put it in a car, tie its hands to the steering wheel, light it on fire, push it into a lake filled with piranhas that have been infected with HPV virus, and then I would ironically sit my, tip my fucking fedora and walk away while in the Gata Vita played because it was all a stupid ironic dream sequence that never you could never escape the hell that is this movie. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. Man, that was Adam, better than what I said. <laughs> Adam can quit the podcast now because he will never peak. That, that, never go past that. That is the peak right there. Did anybody else think that a young Robert England looks a lot like Ryan Stiles? <laughs> yes. It he freaked me like, out. He was going to do like a hoedown in the middle of one of the dreams. It, man. Especially when he was beating his wife in the backyard. 
that was the Irish drinking song. I think da, they should have played da, that in da, the da, background. Da, da, da. <laughs> wow. Now we've got two podcast episodes that are dark as fuck. <laughs> Domestic violence. It's, it's my go-to. <laughs> I think that's every Philly comics go-to. Delco, not Philly. Get it right. <laughs> All right, well, that, uh, so would any of you guys recommend people to watch Freddy's No, Dead? absolutely not. No. I kind of would. Because I, you are only a people masochist. I, <laughs> I would defend this one. I won't make people watch Jason Takes Manhattan. Well, but Matt also would be like, let's watch this together because he wants to bond with people over pain. <laughs> That's what you do. You're like, I, well, I'm never going to go to war, so this is like the closest thing that I can get. It's like, <laughs> I honestly don't think that you should be on record saying that Freddy's Dead was your war. <laughs> I have a question though. Uh, Freddie did say that there is an Elm Street in every town. Is that true? Because I, I know there was in my town. Into multiple towns with an Elm because Street. Because I, I felt that like Springfield was a town in every state, and I'm wrong on that. Well, it's, so. it's not Springfield or Springwood, but it's close enough, right? But I, I no, I'm, but there, I'm you, saying like I think that there was an actual Springfield, and there's there, multiple. There's supposed to be one in every, every state, state, right? Yeah, but yeah. there's not. No. But honestly, I grew up in a small, small, small town in Ohio. There was an Elm Street. God damn it! I went to college in a small town in Ohio. There was an Elm Street. I now live in Akron, and I'm positive there's an Elm Street. <laughs> I am so... I'm like the map in this movie. I'm fucked. You would think that people would treat that like the, uh, the level six, 13 six, six. In, in, a, in an elevator. Like, you don't go to floor 13. Like, there shouldn't be an Elm Street in anybody's that, town. Well, this isn't in Japan, so we're safe from that. <laughs> All right, guys. That was our episode on Freddy's Dead. Thank you so much for sit, hanging out, enjoying the uh, insanity that is our podcast. If you're at Monster Mania tomorrow, swing by our booth. We're at G86, and uh, we're going to have some great music coming up. Thank you again for all thank you Thank you to our guests. Thank Gutter. you for Eddie. Eddie thank Gutter. you for Boom Pounder. Thank you, everybody.
Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. We're making an ad. Napping ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. (laughs) So um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.